Today on the Bus Stop Podcast, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. Round one is almost over. We're in the middle of a lot, too, with the NFL draft. That's tonight. We'll also talk about Lamar Jackson getting signed. We'll also talk a little bit about Giannis and the question that was heard around the world. Was this season a failure? We'll break that all down here on the Bus Stop Podcast. So I, the the breaking news that just happened not too long ago was Lamar Jackson uh, signing to the Ravens for five years. Uh, I'll give a quick take because I know that on EP Sports Network, we do have the hard count. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about it. But just a quick, you know, he's worth it. You know, MVP of his second year. I know he's had some injury struggles, but he's worth that money. Uh, he wanted to be in that conversation of one of the highest paid quarterbacks, and he got that. Uh, he broke a mold. I'm not sure if he had an agent uh, come along late. I don't believe so. I believe his camp was him and his mom and the intermediate f- friends and family. Uh, but they broke a mold. They got some good guarantees. They negotiated a deal that benefits him. So good for Lamar. Uh, good for him in that moment. And for the five years, he's tied to the Ravens. I love it as a Steeler fan uh, because we've sort of been his kryptonite. And uh, it hasn't gone all that well with him at quarterback when we've played him. But nonetheless, he's a dynamic player that will haunt uh, the Steelers, the Browns. Uh, the Bengals, and anybody else in the AFC. So that's good for Lamar Jackson. Tonight, the NFL draft is on. On the hard count uh, last couple of days ago, we released what we thought would happen with every round. I think the the bigger thing that I want to get into is there's there should be a lot of trades tonight. There's some scarcity in some positions as far as offense goes there's a couple of dynamic offensive guys as far as playmakers go robinson from uh texas paris johnson ohio state and then the quarterbacks uh the quarterback cj stroud bryce young who i think is going first overall then you have will levis who's you know it, it happens every year a quarterback that doesn't have the greatest college campaign doesn't look that great on film just sort of rises up to the stock uh you know and then you have the the negative stories of cj stroud and then anthony richardson's another guy who is coming up late uh didn't have that many starts at florida again not the greatest tape hendon hooker has kind of been lost in that shuffle there's about five quarterbacks overall and i think for the majority of them they're going to be spent pretty early and then after that the quarterback situation is not great i don't think it's great past bryce young but the beauty of the draft and the beauty of nfl careers is that you can't get it right uh right away you got to let it develop but i just think bryce young is the most ready out of the group then cj stroud and then i think there's a significant drop but there's some desperate teams out there the titans the colts maybe the Raiders and then you still have the Panthers that'll be picking up early and you'll have the Colts picking early 
I really think when the Bears traded that first pick overall to the Panthers really kind of set in motion a little bit of panic. Um, This is a defensive draft, though. A lot of interior defensive linemen, a lot of cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers, the whole thing. All the positioning from the defensive line all the way up to the safety position, it's pretty deep this year. Offensively, I think it's a little scarce, and I think that those teams that need offensive position help are going to make trades. Right now, the the odds are over under first round trades. Right now, it's set at three. Uh, I would think I'd hammer the over on trades in the first round. Uh, I see potentially the Ravens or, no, not the Ravens, the Raiders or Titans trading up a little earlier for a quarterback. I know the Raiders have Jimmy Garoppolo, but we all know at this point in his career, he's very professional. He's willing to be a game manager, but I don't know how much left of Jimmy G can there be. And I also think the system in which the 49ers played was very beneficial to Jimmy G. Uh, So I could see the Raiders, Titans, who Tannehill... Hasn't really delivered. I think they're second-guessing Malik Willis a little bit. I can see those things happening. What I do see a lot, though, when you look at from the teens, from 12 to about 17, there's a heavy need there for offensive tackle help. There's a big need for interior linemen. And I think that those guys in that little pack will try to jump one another to get the guy that they want. Then you look at, you know, the, the, the 20s, 20 to 31. Again, there's no 32nd pick this year in the first round. The Dolphins forfeited theirs. So there's only 31 teams picking tonight. But could somebody, well, not actually, I take that back, not even 31 teams are picking. A lot of teams have lost their first round pick. We have a lot of teams double picking already in the first round. So that's why I think there will be more than three trades. There's a lot of capital and there's some teams desperate to get within that reach. I just think the draft is something that is very unpredictable yet predictable at times because you just know what a certain team needs. Then you have different strategies. This is the reason why we see, you know, so many mock drafts because there's so many different mentalities to how you build a team. Some guys will draft the best player available, some will draft on needs. People, and this ties into what we will talk about with Giannis, is that. Every team's version of success will be different. Everybody has a window, okay? With Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have a window. They have plenty of time. As long as you have Mahomes, as long as you have Andy Reid, you're in the conversation for the playoffs and a Super Bowl every year. You can't say that about the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are living in the dark. They don't even have the cutout to make the window. When we talk about Super Bowl windows, some teams don't have windows. They have front doors that are wide open. The Kansas City Chiefs. 
Tom Brady, whatever team he was on, the door was wide open for a Super Bowl. Some teams, they're living in the dark. They, they don't have the mechanics. They don't have the capital. They don't have the players to be considered to have a window. And so everybody's version of success is different, which means everybody's way of drafting is different. Some teams are going to draft for the future and some teams are going to draft to win now. Some guys are going to draft in order to trade what they have to get more capital down the line. And that's what makes the draft unpredictable. It's what, why we have a thousand mock drafts on Twitter. It's the reason why people tune into this. It's not as cutthroat as ba- in basketball. You just take the best guy that you have in the lottery. Because in the NBA, they have the lottery for a reason. And so all the bad teams are going to just look and say, we're bad and we're going to take a guy that can lift our team up. Doesn't matter what position he plays, we're terrible. One through five. In the NFL, the strategy is different because it requires 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and 11 on special teams. And they all play a vital role. It's 52 players by the time it's all said and done. And you start with around 100. It's very, very different. And that's why a lot of people tune into the NFL draft. It's a reason why there's parties. It's a reason why Kansas City is going to be rocking this year because that's the location. And Las Vegas was rocking last year. The reason why the NFL is the king of all kings is because the season is so short and the strategy is so much more different. And that's why it'll continue being the king. So I'm excited for the draft tonight. I'm also excited because the Rodgers trade is done. Lamar has signed his extension. So it paints a different picture than it was just a couple of days ago. As the NFL gets ready to start its year, the NBA is nearing its end as it's in the thick of the playoffs. Round one is near over. There's just a few more games between today and tomorrow and potentially Saturday. There's only one game, I think, on tonight, which is the Celtics and Hawks. Which the Celtics should have closed this out, but Trey Young is Trey Young. Trey Young has stolen two games from the Celtics. This Celtics team last year swept Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And somehow Trey Young has stolen not one, but two from Boston. Boston's up 3 2. I expect them fully fully to close it out tonight. The, the other green team, if you will, in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. What happened there? I, I don't understand how Mike Boomholzer still has a job. This guy constantly makes questionable decisions. He had a timeout last night, by the way, if you watched them lose in overtime. I've seen a lot of bad basketball, but one thing's for sure. You want to take a timeout with 10 seconds left, advance the ball, and draw up a play for your best player. 
not have a Eurostep start at point one remaining on the clock. Bad basketball all the way around. I just don't know how you, you lose 4-1. But then I remembered Jimmy Butler. That guy's him. He's him, and he's very good. He's very talented. They, they, they haven't been able to get that right. The Sixers got rid of him. The Timberwolves got rid of him. And the Heat were happy to just rack him right back up and keep him. And it's paid off dividends for them. Jimmy Butler turns into a different animal come playoff time. Last night in the press conference, they asked Giannis, was the season a failure? And he had a very interesting response, and I think it gauged a lot of people. And again, this is why we we talked a little bit in the NFL draft about everybody's version of success is different. So he, he really didn't like the question. He, he kind of like said, oh, my God. Somebody asked him if the season was a failure. And he's, you know, he said, you asked me the same thing last year, Eric. And he went on to say, like, do you get a promotion every year? No, you don't. So is it a failure? Uh, you know, you work towards something every year, towards a goal, right, which is to get a promotion. He's trying to, you know, he says, take care of your family. Um, you know, he, he basically says he, he tries to compare the reporter's job to his says, look, did you get a promotion? No. So is this year a failure? Did you take care of your family? Yes. So is that still a failure? He had a very nice, uh, response. And I think it's best if maybe I just kind of play it so you can kind of hear what he was going on about. Do you view this season as a failure? Uh, we, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right. So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able I don't know. Um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. Do you do this? So the the thing that I I uh. What I like about it is that he says sports is not a failure, but sports isn't all their lives. Like, I know we look at these athletes and think your job is just to win and that's it. But they're human beings, right? They, they, they have families, their, their sons, you know, their fathers, their husbands, whatever the case may be. So their life outside of basketball is just that, uh, we, we go to a job every day and, we don't have to have press conferences. We don't have to be in the spotlight. So I get what, he, what he's getting at. But, and this is a big but, but when we break it all down, it, it's not who you are, right? But you get paid to bring rings. But failing to win doesn't make you a failure either. Like they, they get paid to win. 
And not every team has that window. We're going back to what I was just talking about with the NFL draft. Every team has a different dynamic. Okay, there's 30 teams out here. And there's a handful, I mean a handful, two handfuls maybe, of elite players. There's not enough good, great, and elite to go around. Not, not, not in the NFL, not in the MLB, not in the NBA, not in the NHL. There's just, for one, there's not enough money for one team to get all of them on one squad. And then there's not enough of them to go around. The team that I like, the Pacers, they're not, this year wasn't a failure for them. And I think it was a success because they, they found their future and now they have to build around it. Again, they don't have a window for a championship. The Bucks do. The Bucks have an elite player and they have great players around them. Your expectation is to at least compete for the title. There's a handful of teams every year across the major sports where their expectation is to compete for the title. Then you have teams like the Pacers, you have teams like the Texans, you have teams like the Houston Rockets, I'm just naming from different sports, where their window isn't there yet. But it could be a success for those guys if they built off something. So for Giannis to say it wasn't a failure, I get that. But at the same time, with what you have on that roster and what you're capable of, it is. But it's not a failure for all 29 teams in the NBA. Just as it wouldn't be a failure for all 31 in the NFL. The thing is, certain teams have certain expectations and they have certain goals. And it's so cliche when guys say, oh yeah, our goal is to win the title. Not if you're the Houston Texans. Your goal should be more than eight wins. That's your goal. So don't believe it when you're listening to your favorite team and they say, oh yeah, our goal is to win a championship this year. No, it's not. It's not. You and I both know that. And they know that as well. It's the cliche thing to say to the fans. So to me, for the Bucks, getting bounced round one is a failure. But what he said, I also agree with. I agree and disagree with it. You get paid to win. You got, big, you got paid big money. You got a nice cast around you. You got Holiday. You got Middleton. You got a nice cast around you. But God Almighty, your, your job is to win. Now, again, the Pacers, that's not their job. But for the Warriors, it is. That's their goal. They're the defending title champions. Someone asked Steph Curry that at the end of the year, and they're not the champions. He'll probably say, yeah, it was a failure, but we'll, we'll learn from it. 
And I also think it's a terrible question because it's an obvious one. If, if the team that you're covering didn't win the title, then yeah, it's a failure. It's an obvious question. A better question would have been, where do the Bucks go from here? Title a couple of years ago, and, and now you're getting bounced in the first round. What went wrong? What do you need to do to get it right? He's not the GM. He doesn't know the answer to that question, but it would make him think a little bit more. I just disagree with that whole sentiment of, was this year a failure? Of course. Of course. You know, if I'm not holding up a trophy, it's a failure because that's what I get paid for. That's why I got drafted high for, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like the question. I love the answer. And I love the debate it sparked on Twitter. Everybody had a different sort of opinion on it. But I think they were the biggest blunder so far out of the NBA. Number one seed getting bounced by the eight. I, there, there's just different ways to frame the whole failure, non-failure thing. We can go on and on about that. But looking at the NBA playoffs, I've really enjoyed uh, the dynamics of it. I've enjoyed the storyline of Dylan Brooks, which I'll talk a little bit more, versus LeBron James, and, and the Sacramento Kings and in, in, uh, Golden State Warriors has been a, a great series. But Dylan Brooks. I'd have to say it's disappointing, to say the least. If you decide to become the villain in this whole era of good guy and bad guy, Dylan Brooks decided game one after they won to be the villain. He said he poked bears. LeBron was old. He didn't respect him until he gave, you know, gave him 40. And then LeBron got mad, flipped the whole script. Didn't get the 40. He got 20 points and 20 rebounds one night, though. That's 40 in, in math terms. But then Dylan Brooks stopped talking to the media. A lot of people in this world hate Draymond Green. But that guy is 10 toes down a villain 24-7. Whether he's talking to the media, whether he's on a podcast, or whether he's on a court, he is a villain. Dylan Brooks, you cannot dip your toes in the water. Get halfway in, sit in there for a little bit, and then decide it's too cold. Stay the villain the entire way through, even if you're wrong. I think more people lost respect and then doubled down on disliking you because you decided you weren't going to be the villain anymore. That, I think, is much worse and way more difficult to wrap my head around than just being the villain the entire time. It, it made it entertaining, to say the least. Now it just looks sad. I know that Memphis won last night. I don't think they win another game. So now I have to rethink everything. I, I really do think... I know I had the Bucks as maybe one of the final from the east I, I still think it's Boston but they got to get through Jimmy Butler I just don't know how that happens it'll be a good series though I like the Celtics a lot though now that the Bucks are gone 
It's the Bucks and the Sixers uh, that uh, I had, but now it could be the Sixers and Boston, but they got to get through Miami. That's the biggest hiccup, I think. The Knicks, though, the Dark Knight Knicks, uh, really surprised me. I thought Cleveland would give a better series. Just like I say better series, just like the Suns and the Clippers. But that's another thing with the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. They they load managed the entire regular season. His body was not ready for the playoffs. One of the Clippers executives execs today said we have to respect the regular season more. That's a direct shot at Kawhi Leonard and the way they tried to save him because the way they saved him was only good for one game. And then his knee gave out again. If Kawhi could stay healthy, that guy is a top 10, 12 player of all time with longevity, but he cannot stay healthy. It's mind-boggling. So the Suns, they look good. Last year, I think it was, they swept the Nuggets. And with KD around, I, I don't know. That's going to be a good one. The one that I do want to see, and maybe not everybody else does, but is the Warriors-Lakers. And it's just trending that way. The thing about Sacramento, they had such a great year under Mike Brown. Great year. The guy's a great coach. Remember, he coached LeBron in his early years, spent a lot of time in uh, San Francisco and Oakland with the Warriors, was the second behind Steve Kerr up until uh, he took over for Sacramento and had a great season. But that young team with no playoff experience is starting to catch up to him. I know the games have been close for the Warriors. They've been neck and neck after they were down 0-2. Now they've flipped it into three games their way. And I know that it's been close, but that's the difference in the playoffs. You can see that the, the, the Kings are putting all their effort in and they're just coming up short. And the Warriors look like they've been there, done that. Same thing with, with the Memphis and L.A. Looked like Memphis would, would have control after game one. And then the experience of LeBron and A.D. coming together getting the troops rallied, and then really just took over. The young teams, I don't know if they have it this year. I think a lot of it goes to experience. Remember, John Moran said he was fine in the West. I don't believe that anymore. I didn't believe it to begin with. Uh, you, you normally don't see people say, oh, I'm fine in the West. He could have given his respect to the other teams and they wouldn't have that as bulletin board material. So the Suns, Lakers, and Warriors. That, those are the three teams on that side. And on the other side, it's the Sixers, it's the Celtics, and it's the Heat. That, that's where the NBA playoffs, I think, rest. And, and I don't think the Suns are the Suns without KD right now. I know Booker went off for 47, but you have to give attention to KD. 
DeAndre Ayton is a guy who he signed. Like, I shake my head. He was ready to go to the Pacers last year. And I think for both sides, it, it for the Pacers, they dodged a bullet. Ayton doesn't do half the things he should do as a big guy. As a big man, he's trying to play wing ball more than he is trying to play center ball. The guy has the body frame of Dwight Howard, yet is nowhere near dominant. And Dwight Howard, when he was a Magic, you rewatch that final series between him and Kobe, Lakers and Magic, and Dwight Howard was a different human. I know recency bias would have you think Dwight Howard's not good. The man was something special. He was Superman. He was the next Superman after Shaq. But again, longevity. And so now you see with Giannis, you see with the Celtics, you see with the Suns, you see how special LeBron and Steph are. How did LeBron get to eight consecutive finals when these guys, some of these guys can't even do it once or twice? You'll appreciate Steph and LeBron when they're gone because it's going to be a cluster after. There's no consistency. The NBA playoffs have been great this year, but I think we found the six teams. I don't have Denver and I don't have the Knicks being on either side. But Jimmy Butler, man, I just can't keep can't keep going after that because Jimmy Butler really did something to Giannis. So tonight there's only one game. I think Boston will close it out. Then on Friday, the Kings and Warriors, I think that's an opportunity for the Warriors to close it out, and so will the Lakers. Then you look Saturday, and well, there's a game seven if need between the Hawks and Celtics. I don't think that happens. Suns Nuggets start the first round, and then Sunday we should have the second round as well. So the first round's almost over. We talked a little bit about what the window was with Giannis, with the NFL. We, we sort of broke everything down that we wanted to here today on the Bus Stop Podcast. Not bad uh, for our first episode as far as length goes. But as the draft comes to an end and as the playoffs start to paint a little bit more of a picture and as some news breaks, we'll definitely have more topics and we'll get into more in depth next week here on the Bus Stop Podcast. Whoa.